beautiful, bald bastard. I love you. I haven't seen you since the Metal Cruise. It's now a time for us to reunite. We are going to record our experiences on the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise. This episode is going to be days one and two. And for those of you listening at home, maybe the first time you've ever tuned in, this is the great heavy music podcast. I, as always, am Alex Peterson. With me, my trusty sidekick, Phil Collins. Phil, say hello to our new and old listeners. Hello, new and old listeners. You joined me for the first time on the 70,000 Tons of Metal cruise that set the high seas for sale on January the 7th, 2020. It was my fifth consecutive cruise. I will go every year until I am either incarcerated, incapacitated, or dead. All all three of those things equally likely to happen. Eventually, one of those three, if not many of those three, will happen. I wanted to take an opportunity to uh, dive into this because the experience is so wonderful for me. And for anybody who's listening to the great heavy music podcast for the first time, understand that we put things on our podcast that are both great and heavy. So you're going to hear for the next, I don't know however how long, a bunch of stuff that's great. If you're waiting for us to rag on this trip or say it was shitty or dump on it or say how they could improve, fucking turn off your podcast right now because that's not the purpose of the show. We're telling you things that are great, so we hope that you go do them, participate in them, look into them, subscribe to them, buy their stuff, you know how it goes. So short story long, it's going to be about how great it was. So everybody screw off and listen. Yeah. Is that cool off. with you, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're all waiting patiently for some negative statement. It's not coming because... We got to interview a bunch of great bands. By yep. now, the time this recording is posted, people probably have already listened to the interviews. They were amazing. The sets were amazing. I think we should do what everyone would do in this circumstance. And let's start with the first day. We get on the boat. We're walking on. We're, we got somebody's passport in hand from a buddy of ours. He couldn't make it. RIP, oh Gabe. God, yeah. oh what a sore spot. What a terrible way to start the freaking cruise. One of our seven. We were supposed to roll seven deep. Clown didn't even make it. Missed the whole boat. He literally missed the boat. That ship has sailed was a completely literal phrase that applied to him. They told they told him that when he got here, that ship has sailed. He was about 30 minutes late and had yeah. flown across the country. And, you know, this podcast really is dedicated to Gabe because I hope he will listen to this and, and see and hear all the things that he could have experienced. It really was shitty. We turned around, got his passport, came back to the port, thought he had a chance. I was watching my phone. I was texting with him. Yep. He landed late. We thought he had a chance to make it. Poor guy never made it. 70,000 tons of bitter. 70,000 disappointments. <laughs> Just so bitter. So it started rough. Poor Gabe. Didn't make it. A little lighter on the food staff. But we get on. After we find out that Gabe is for sure not making it, we're in our first set. Tell us before that what you thought about the whole getting on board, getting through security, because this was your first cruise, right? Uh, yeah, it's the first cruise that I've ever been on. I uh, generally don't like going through security. I find that to be a terrible pain in the ass, but it was actually fairly uh, efficient, so it wasn't bad. And I was, wasn't sure what to expect. I was a little worried about getting seasick. But um, luckily that didn't even happen. But I was pretty amped up once we finally got there. And I actually see the boat. And you're like, this is really happening. It's awesome. And uh, I was excited. When we pulled up, I was pretty excited. 
we had to do the obligatory muster station drill where they tell you, you know, what to do in case you're dead. And half the people there don't speak English, so it didn't matter anyhow. And the other right. half of the people were like loaded with uh, piercings all over and like 25 pounds of metal on them. So they would have sunk. So it was pretty much a futile exercise there. Right. And I was a little annoyed because they told me I couldn't bring my beer out to the safety briefing. But then I saw all the people with beers. So I had to dump this beer I had because it was like, I had to go right now. And I couldn't chug the whole thing because I was sissy. So I dumped it, and then I saw all the people with beer, and I was like, that's a lie. Well, you're a real pussy, because you should have just hammered that beer home. Yep. Yeah, well, sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes, I don't know what that means. I was going nowhere with that. <laughs> <laughs> you're trailing off. Did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> Shut up, Richard. But, um, yeah, it was awesome, though. After that part, I was, yeah, whatever. They got to do it, right? They got to do it. Cover their ass, you know. But, um... After that, we hit up uh, some shows, and things got going. It was awesome. Yep, and, and they, they got going pretty quick. I mean, I think we were on the boat around one thirty or 2, so we got to do a little exploring, see some stuff, see the rooms. And by 5 o'clock, I think it was, we were already checking out November's Doom. 5.15, we were yeah. in the Star Lounge. Yep. For those of you who don't know, the first day you're on the boat, there's three stages set up because the top pool deck is being set up for the second, third, and fourth days. The first day, there's only three open avenues or venues, I think is the appropriate word, venues, to go see music. The crowds are a little tighter on day one, wouldn't you say? A little, little more packed in each place. I would probably say yeah. I mean, at the fourth day, it's like the end, so everyone wants to see everything. So probably maybe the first and last days you get the biggest crowds. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. First day is pretty packed because there's only three venues and everybody's fresh. Nobody's blacked out yet. Maybe some guys, but not too many people guys are blacked out yet. And we were first up, we saw November's Doom, a Chicago Doom band. And I had listened to some of their stuff before we got on the boat, liked them. I had actually seen them a year or two earlier, the last time they were on the boat. And I'm going to play a little bit of their song Devil's Light here in the background while we're chatting. But uh, I want to give my impressions after you go first. So what did you think about them? Oh, yeah, I thought they put on a great show. Um, pretty heavy. I didn't really recognize any of the songs. So I hadn't really heard them, so I wasn't sure what to expect. But I thought that, you know, pretty brutal. Uh, sounded a little bit like, like a classic death metal kind of band. Uh, pretty catchy. And it was, I thought it was a great way to start. Because I, I know they had another band going called Violence, but we all agree what we want to see November Doom. And a uh, good way to kick off the whole show because it was, it was heavy enough to really get going. You know, uh, I was banging my head a lot. I thought you know, they were fucking loud and intense. Pretty brutal, which I liked a lot. So it was a uh, breakdown of business, you know what I mean? And one of the, the things the lead singer mentioned, because I always have great crowd interaction on that boat. You can tell the bands really love to play on that festival and, and the lead singer from November's Doom said, hey, make sure you go check out Without Waves. The drummer plays in both bands. So we made it a point to check out Without Waves. Later on the cruise, we'll get to them in a little bit, but November's Doom did a great job as far as I'm concerned. Heavy, Doom, can't go wrong. If you want something slow, down-tuned, heavy, kind of, you know, the style that you want, it, it hits all the marks. And I had no complaints. I think it was a great opening show. Really set the tone for a fantastic cruise. And I, I don't even think you could feel the boat moving. When we left port, I mean, it moved for like, you know, maybe a couple minutes in one song, and the rest, it was just smooth sailing for the beginning. It was, no doubt. Uh, yeah, but I, I was impressed, man. I, was, uh, I kind of would like to check them out more. There's so many bands that I can't wait saying that about. So, uh, it was cool, man. 
From there, we went from the Star Lounge, which is they, they were in the Star Lounge, which for those of you who have never been on the cruise, it's a it's the smallest of the four venues. It is in some ways my favorite because it's so tight and the crowds are tight in there and the and the pits are great, low ceilings. It's just like an old school. I don't know how to describe it. It's just an old school place to go see a show, and. It's usually got a lounge act, like you know, you could see a Frank Sinatra cover band playing in there. But instead, you got these metal guys just crushing it. The yeah. visibility visibility is a little rough unless you're up in the front. But the sound is good, and usually, if the people are there in that room, they're there and they really love that band. Like that's the where you see the committed fans most, I think. Yeah, it was uh, it was tighter, more tightly packed, at shorter ceilings. You know what I mean? Um, it, was a, it had an intimate vibe. It, it, it's like that classic kind of uh, local venue, you know, when you're in high school and your friends scrounge some money to see a show. And some right. Place exactly. Uh, exactly. It's not. It's not so austere. Right. But it, it was. It's definitely intimate. I'm glad I got to see some bands in that. I actually really did like that a lot. I was. I liked that, and I liked the ice rink the most. So we went from the Star Lounge to the Royal Theater. So the three that were open that in the first day were the Ice Rink, the Star Lounge, and the Royal Theater. And we went from November's Doom to go see Arkin Angel. And I'm going to play a little bit of their song Fallen here featuring Zach Stevens. And this was their first live set ever. The first time they have played as a full band. And I thought they did a great job. We typically... Uh, when we're not ready to pit or not going to you know, go hard in that venue, we go up to the top right-hand side and just kind of check it out as observers, see what the floor is like, see what the band looks like. And I was impressed. I think they did a great job. I thought the sound was nice, power metal kind of with some nice uh, you know, guitar work, and the vocals were good. So I didn't really have any complaints. And if you hadn't told me ahead of time, I had no idea that it was their first set together as a, as a band. Right. I remember he- hearing about that. That's kind of uh, wild, man. It's, yeah, it's kind of... I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to sound like that. Yeah, I, I would have been nervous probably then. But yeah, it did a good of job. Of course. And it was a pretty good crowd. I mean, it only being the second show of the of the boat, well, second setting, there was two bands playing at 5.15, and then this band started at uh, 6 o'clock. And they were, the only, they, had, they were on a pose, so there was no other band going at the exact same time they were going. They had a really nice crowd, both in the theater seating and on the floor. And I, it seemed like everybody was into it. I mean, I, I don't think anybody left away, you know, left leaving thinking they were uh, rusty or lacking polish or something. They were excellent. Yeah, that's what I thought was so cool about the cruise, because I, I don't know how many fans they had come into this or if you would have heard of them. I suspect not as many comparatively. But I bet there were probably a lot of people just around like, oh, it's a metal band. You know, let's go check them out. So it's very open-minded people, you know, uh, just giving people a shot and, uh, thought that was cool. I mean, that's kind of what I was doing for most of these bands. There's a lot of stuff I didn't, not most, but a lot of them I didn't hear about. I was like, I'm going to go see them. Just, it's, it's just such a, it's just for everyone there loved music, you know? And just, Without a doubt. So cool. The people on the boat is, you know, if not as important as the bands themselves, very close second because it's oh, yeah. just incredible. The people are amazing. They're great people. They make great friends. And, um, you know, it was an excellent way to start the, the tour. So we go from Archangel. Next set we go to is in the ice rink, our first in the ice rink. And this is with, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Einherger. They have a riff that I'm playing here for you on a song, The Spirit of a Thousand Years, uh, from their newest album, Narone Spore. I'm probably not pronouncing any of that correctly. But I think it was the second or third song they had played 
No, 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 excuse me. It was the opening song. They started with this song, and I was sitting in the seats. But as soon as I heard that riff, I raced down to the floor. I was like, I gotta be down there. I gotta get down there for this fucking song. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that band had a lot of energy, man. A lot of energy. Very intense. That, that's cool. I've not heard uh, much or anything at all from them. Uh, and I, that's, I came away thinking, man, I gotta check them out. They, were, they kicked a lot of ass, man. They did, man. Their lead singer was just kind of... If I recall correctly, he either played bass or guitar. I'm pretty sure he played bass. And he had a leather vest on and, you know, shirtless underneath. And he was just old school crushing it. Just up there, just, just crunching out riffs and screaming into the mic, man. I mean, that was like the epitome of what you expect when you see a metal show that you've never heard of or been to before. You would be fully expecting to walk in and see basically what looks like Judas Priest right in your face, Absolutely. but sound, sounds totally different. Right, it was like, it's, yeah, a prototypical uh, kind of just metal show presentation, you know. But uh, definitely, they were they were really good, they really, really were. I, I really want to stress that, because, I, I mean, you know, I, so I know, I don't know the lyrics or parts of the song, but just, just a lot of bangers, man. Just, you, you, I, I feel like you would be hard-pressed to find, you know, many bad songs, but probably kick a lot of ass, so. Yep, and and I was in the pit for that one. They had an okay pit. It wasn't super wild, but there was a couple songs where we got going pretty good. So nothing crazy. Yes, that's the one where you came in and you you couldn't find uh, the crowd, our, our crew that was sitting on the seats, but you saw me in the pits and you came down and joined me. So that was the first. Only three sets in, we were already pitting, and it was awesome. Yeah, that's true. I, remember, I kind of forgot how soon that was. Huh. We jumped right into it. Got a little sloppy. And then after that, we went over to have dinner. First time we had dinner, I don't remember if we went to the, the fancy restaurant or not, but I know we sat down and had a meal. I think it was at the fancy restaurant. I think it was. And, I remember having at least five, four of those fucking apple tarts. So, they're so good. So what do you think of that? Tell, tell those of uh, people who are listening who have not been on a cruise at all, they have no idea what it's like. What is yeah. the food like? I was impressed. Uh, you know, I thought... The fancy dinner at Coupon. I don't know if the actual venue was called, but it was very good. And you, know, you could just order whatever you wanted, as much as you wanted. But and the food was legitimately quality. It's worth paying for. And uh, I thought it was great. I love the desserts. were delicious. The appetizers were great. If you ever, if you ever on this cruise and you see the apple tart with ice cream, you have to get it. You have to. Every night. Every yeah. single night you should get it. I mean, the other desserts were definitely good, but the best one was the apple tart. So from this, and, and we should note too that the dinners are always fun, man. It's a cool spot to kind of get back together with your buddies that you go on the right. cruise with, Reunite. connect, talk about the shows that you went to go see if you split off and one person went to one show and one person went to another or one person went to the pool or the hot tub or whatever the hell they did, meet and greets. There's so much going on that when you guys kind of fracture off and then come back to dinner, it's a cool time to just decompress and chat about all the shit that you did. No doubt. So we then left. Bless you. We then left that dinner and we went over to see uh, somebody that you and I both love mm-hmm. for years and have loved for yes, years. Sir. Our man, Heavy Devi, Devin yeah. Townsend. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's in the Royal Theater. We're on the floor. We're trying. Oh, this is real quick. We got to share that. When we had 70,000 tons of metal, was so gracious to us. They gave us the media wristbands that allowed us to get into the front rail of it three songs of any band uh, the first three songs to go in and take pictures and we're going to post some of those pictures for the listeners on Facebook and on Twitter 
but with Devin, we tried to get to the front rail, but there was so much crowd surfing immediately, they wouldn't allow us up into the front rail. So no media was allowed into the front rail. We then went into the center and started pitting. And what is the first song he's playing? The Strapping Young Lad, Strapping Young Lad album yeah, that you had me that. review that I shat on. Yep, exactly. I thought it was so ironic and funny. And the, the best part is that he hasn't played Strapping Young Lad. I talked to him in, in an interview, and we'll post that soon. Because I haven't all that. But he said he hadn't played that in years, any, any Strapping Young Lad. So it's pretty cool that we got a chance to hear that. It was a great live song, I thought. After great that, live song. Great Every song he played was great live. Yep. It was pretty he intense, man. He played a great set of old stuff and new stuff that was all heavy. You could tell he knew his crowd and he was playing heavy shit. Yeah, I loved it. There was a guy who started a mosh there, and uh, I didn't realize what he was doing at first. Like, he just came through the crowd just pushing everybody and, like, yelling at him. And then I realized it was time to start a pit. And then I think I got started after that. And then we went into it. You don't remember that? I came back and dragged you and pulled you into it. I remember because you wanted to make the crowd some and I didn't do it that time, but we did end up doing it. But, uh, yes, I do remember that. It was awesome. Great set, man. Great. We stayed down there for, I think, probably half of the set we stayed on the floor. And then the other half of the set we went up to the top because I kind of wanted to see his performance. And he had that sick-ass guitar with the lights behind yeah, the, lights it, behind the frets. Yeah, that was so neat. Yeah. yeah. And he's so, like, he's got so much energy on stage, but he's so relaxed in person. He's just absolutely at peace, you know. It's just funny. Totally. Like you said, he's like a monk in person, but on he stage he's yeah. just crushing yeah. it. So we we, uh, we go up there, we, we take a listen to the rest of his set from the top area to kind of get a view of things, and I, I don't recall if it was at the beginning or the end, I think it was at the beginning of the set, he tells everybody that I've been playing with these bandmates in his oh live God. session for two days. Right. I think he said he knew those guys for two days. Yeah, I thought he was kidding before. Yeah, I was like, ah, you know, because that would be absurd. And uh, that's true. <laughs> it's absurd how well they did, considering the lack of experience they had Right. Think about it. I mean, to be, it's like, you know, being a professional athlete. Like if somebody says, hey, you want to go play, pick up basketball with LeBron James, he really doesn't need much time to practice with you. He's just going to score every time. And it's kind of the same way I think with these musicians. They're so fucking talented. They right. probably just are like, you know, what key is it in? Or, you know, what time signature? Let me hear the song once or twice and I'll pick it up. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it was, that, was a, that was truly a good show. We go then from seeing Devin Townsend over back to the ice rink and we should share with people that this is like separated by a matter of seconds. I mean, you're leaving one show right. almost literally running to another. Oftentimes they're over they even kind of sort of overlapping. Like, because you have, yeah, 22.15 for Royal Theater, then ice rink 22.15 to 22.15 at the gate. So literally, they start one end, one's end time is the other one's start time. So, yeah, you gotta run. But it's not that hard to get there. And with this year's show, I mean, they, they did an amazing job not holding up anybody. Everybody started right on time. I had a little hiccup on the up deck that we'll talk about on day three or day four because of some weather issues. But inside the boats, man, in years past, they've had, they've had some sound issues where they had to postpone some shows or delay shows, cancel shows, and reschedule them. There was none of that this year. It was perfect. Everything went well without a hitch, and we got a chance to hear the bands we wanted like right on point. And I have to tell you, I, I think, I'm looking here at my schedule for what we saw the first night. i got to say, I think this was my favorite show. I think this might have been my favorite set. At the yeah. Gates. Your favorite set? Dude, of all of it? Okay. I, I, I think, man. I, I, I mean, it's either Ein Herger or Devin Townsend or At the Gates. Those three were my top three of the day. 
fucking fuck, man. These guys just... They had the most incredible energy. Their pit was massive. Remember the size of the pit on the ice yeah, rink? It was like legit. a third of the ice rink. Yeah, it was pretty damn legit. Yeah, they're, and that was awesome. Their lead singer can always be relied on to have that trucker hat and that attitude of just kicking ass. Right. And I and I know they heard, um, they played a lot of Slaughter of the Soul, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think they played four or five songs from that. Yep. Yeah. And the crowd was going apeshit. I mean, they had a really nice... That was the nicest pit I had seen that night, the first yeah, night. Yeah, I think it probably was the best one. I mean, I didn't see all the other bands, but it probably was. I could sit here stroking at the gates a lot longer, but, I mean, they were really just... I think you know what you're going to get when you see a band that's been doing it as long as they have. I mean, maybe there's some question about can the vocals hold up that many years in. It's hard. Um, it's hard. But I don't know, dude. I think they pull off perfectly. Yeah, I, I didn't notice anything. We then went from those legends to the next group of legends, which was Emperor yeah. at the Royal Theater. Yep, we had a top uh, top view, we had a top deck or top floor, and uh, I thought they I thought they put a good show too. I think so too, and it was cool because if you listen to our interview with Cattle Decapitation, those guys were super geek to see Emperor. They've been they've been doing it a long time. I think they're probably I don't know if you call them the grandfathers of Norwegian black metal, but they're damn close. They're probably up there. They're you know like a pillar of that genre. And yeah, I think that's another something you bring up. I think it's so cool is like uh, a lot of the bands you're talking to, they're huge fanboys too. You know, of all the other bands that are there. You know, it's kind of wild. You get to talk to them about that. Like, you know, it's you connect with the other bands, with, you know, band members get a chance to talk to them about how other bands are great. So Cal Captain from Talk About Emperor is kinda of cool. Absolutely. I, I helped crowd surf a member of Aether Realm, shout out to Heinrich, during the Wilder Run set. So right, right. yeah, I, I think on day four it was, or day three, I can't remember which now. But I helped him uh, go up for the crowd surf. So yeah, it's really cool to see the artists getting jacked to see the other artists. Yeah, no doubt. So, thus far, no complaints, had no negative experience whatsoever. I'm loving being there. It's now at the end of the Emperor set. It's 12.30. We've been going hard. I think you and I split off here, if I can remember I correctly. I went to sleep at that point. Okay, so you had, like, the hugest wax vagina. I mean, probably went to get a piece of pizza. Pizza place at point for hours. Which was a mainstay. It was a mainstay. I, on the other other hand, went to go see a little band uh, known as Brugeria or Brugeria. I don't know if you pronounce that. Soft J, like jogging. Would you think? uh, Well, uh, you know, it was interesting to me because I didn't expect them to be such big fans of Donald Trump because they kept saying his name and then they kept saying. Uh, is a punta and um, it was all in Spanish so I didn't expect them to love him as much as they did and then you know they were saying all these really nice things about him like punta and uh, you know like uh, caca and other words that I think great man (laughs) right right I'm pretty sure they were like saying he was very austere but then all of a sudden out of nowhere they started a chant and it was fuck Donald Trump, which was very strange because I didn't expect that so when they had 
Right. It was just like, where is this coming from, fellas? <laughs> um, so, you know, that was a little surprising. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not super political. Uh, that really didn't impact me whatsoever. I thought it was actually hilarious that they were shitting Trump so hard. But the music was not, I mean, it was okay. I, I wasn't. Okay. Are they death or uh, what's their deal? Yeah, they were kind of like hardcore mixed with death. They had yeah. a little bit of melodic stuff in it, but um, I think I the language barrier was a part of the reason why I wasn't that into it either. They're probably called Brujeria, and I kind of want to keep saying Brujaha when I read that. Right, like somebody starts a Brujaha in there. There's a real Brujaha in there. So from Brujeria, I went to see a guy that I had no idea even existed before this cruise. Ross the Boss. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone to see Ross the Boss, probably because yeah, if it wasn't for our buddy Mark who was on on the cruise, I wouldn't have gone to see him just on account of having the absolute gayest band name of all time. Uh, but I don't know, man. It says right there he's a boss. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and it rhymes with his real yeah, name. I mean, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, l- let me say this by by in one hand shitting on Ross the Boss's band name and apparently he was uh, one of the lead guitarists or founding guitarist of Manowar and I didn't know that either Pretty cool. but I went to go see him in the Star Lounge at 12.45 and it was fucking awesome I, I, I for sure want to say that was my surprise of the trip I had no expectations I thought it was going to be shit and I walk in and like the crowd's loving it they're singing his fucking jams Everybody in the side on the seats. I was sitting on the couch. They're all going wild. There wasn't like crazy wild like a pit show because it's power metal and it's more you know guitar heavy and um, that those powerful vocals. But the guy takes the stage. And he's just like, ah! <laughs> just freaking kill it, man. I love that, man. I, I love the unashamedly like flamboyant and just high pitched. I just go for it, man. Just for you. Love it. He did a great job. I, I, my, my hat goes off to Ross the Boss. I had no preconceptions about what was going to happen there. And, you know, my bad, Ross the Boss. You did a great job. And I hope that you come back because... Yeah, it was great. And that's, like you said earlier, it's one of the best things about that cruise is you go because you're just around and they're playing and you want to go see some music and you're just going to check it out. And then now I'm like, man, Ross the Boss, legit. I'm going to go yeah. check out. It's, it's playing. Why not? Yeah, it sucks. You just leave. It's great stuff, yeah. Exactly right, and that's exactly what I did. So, from Ross the Boss, then we go to 115. I went to Soil Work. Yeah, I heard and that. And so- Soil Work had a little bit of a sound issue at the beginning of their set. I think it was, I want to say it was their rhythm guitar or their lead guitar. One of the two, the sound was way out of whack. And you really, you really couldn't hear much of anything, and they were kind of playing through it, but it, the sound wasn't all that tight at the beginning. Fast forward kind of two songs in, maybe two and a half songs in, they got that corrected. And uh, then it dis- the set obviously was much better once they figured out the sound issue. So can't really judge them off that at first. Once they tightened it all up, pretty good. I think they did a competent job live. I'm not going to you know, fall all over them. I think it, it was a good show. I'm not going to say it was like, you know, amazing or world-changing. It was a good show. Okay. Terrible I, right, yeah, garbage wouldn't go next time. So, what I would definitely go back to see and have now seen, I think, four times, 
is Moonsong. And they came on right after soil work at 2.15 in the ice rink. And I love that fucking game. They you, you were talking them up a lot. I didn't see them the first day, but I didn't see them. First day, it's 2.15. I'm strolling into the ice rink. I'm feeling pretty tired at this point, but still going. Me and Slow Joey, shout out to Slow Joey. Go walking into the ice rink. We see our buddy Link. She's sitting in the back there watching the show, doing drawings. And I'm like, man, these guys are fucking killing it. I love these guys. The whole floor of the ice rink is packed still at 2 in the morning. People are waving fucking country flags. People are, I mean, they're not really moshing because it's kind of like a more, I don't know, they're not real heavy for that long. They're heavy in spurts, but then it's more chanting and kind of like uh, anthemic, I guess is the word. But it's all in their native tongue. And definitely my favorite non-English band. I, I love Moon Sorrow, dude. I just the melody it just hooks you and catches you. I love those fucking guys. All right, sounds good. So kudos to those guys. Absolutely a great set, and that put a wrap on me for the first day. At this point, you've probably been sleeping for a couple hours. What do you yeah. think of the accommodations, real quick? Uh, they were nice. I mean, yeah, there was a different little assistant at each room. Yeah, something helps. They're nice. It's like a hotel room. It's nice. That's nice fine. I go back to the room at like 2.15. No. 3.15. After I stop in to Sorrento's and get a couple slices of pizza. Probably like the third or fourth time I'd done that that night. And then I go into the bed and call it a night. And you never sleep better than when you're on that metal cruise. Because you're raging hard all day. Pitting. Oh, yeah, you're, you're properly tired. I mean, you're ready to get to bed. Yep. But you're nothing. wound down. Yep. But so, you know, we missed Wilder Run, though. It's not that. I know, man. That is a regret of mine because I wanted to get up at 4.30, go see them, and I was just like, it's not happening. The, the only band left on this that I really wanted to see was them. I just couldn't make it happen. Yeah. But, but okay. we can be redeemed because they play, every band plays two shows on the, on the cruise in case you run into that very tragic issue where you can't see them, they will play again. They live that's, to play that's probably again. the coolest part of the whole deal. Cause it's like uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get a legitimate chance to see whatever band you want to see. And it's gonna be great. Yep. So let's put a wrap on day one. At the end of day one, as you go to bed, how are you thinking? I'm thinking it was really cool. I'm glad I came. Uh, the food was awesome. The shows were awesome. Beer was more expensive. But that's how it works with God. Uh, hey, you got to be honest. I want people to know who might yeah. go next year, what they're looking at to do. Right. Outside of that, though, it was, it was cool. I was, I was impressed. I was having a really good time. I played out the Then the next day, the band started at 10. We'll, tell, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about day two, because we're just going right. to do day one and day two on this recording, and we'll do a later recording for day three and day four, because there's so much to talk about. The show's... Tomorrow, for day two, January the 8th of 2020, went from 10 a.m. to 5.45 a.m. Damn so, Unbelievable. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back in, and we'll tell everybody else how day two went, which was jam-packed with metal.
Okay, so Phil, we're back. We wake up, we're breathing fresh air. I don't remember what time I got up, but I'm thinking it was like 10.30. But somebody was telling me, you know what I think it was actually now that I remember? Pretty sure Katie, God bless her, gorgeous, beautiful soul, our producer and my beautiful wife said, hey, Alex, get the fuck up. They have interviews today. You're going to interview some bands. And yes. I was like, well, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you so much for waking me up. And I remember the chronology. I, I'm almost positive I went to see Without Waves right after we interviewed Aether Realm. But I can't say for sure. I can't remember if we went to Without Waves before or after we interviewed Aether Realm because I don't... I didn't keep my notes. I want to say that it was before, but I'm not sure. Either, either way, I, we woke, we woke sure. up to this beautiful news on day two that we were going to get to interview Aether Realm, an amazing native U.S. act with an amazing album, Tarot, that you're oh, yeah. in the process of reviewing for one of our future episodes. Damn skippy. And that interview was amazing. It's already posted. Make sure you listen to it. Subscribe to all that, all those guys' stuff. Amazing live band. We'll talk about it when we get to their sets that we saw live. We saw both of their sets. Yeah. But that. We were, go ahead. I was like, we were fortunate enough to get some, get a plug from them too on their uh, Facebook page. That was awesome. Great guys. Great group of yep. guys. And no, you know the old Sum Forty One album, all killer, no filler. That's those guys, man. They yep. they're funny. They'll talk a little, you know, game with you in an interview. But they get up on stage and they fucking crush. It's not like an act. Yep, it was very. Very legit. So either before or after that interview, we then go to see Without Waves at uh, Studio B in the Ice Rink. And Without Waves, because of the way that they released the albums, or the bands, excuse me, this year for the Metal Cruise, there were so many so-last-minute releases that I didn't really have a ton of time to inspect and look at back catalogs. And I, I usually, before going on a cruise... Uh, with 70k I, I go back and I listen to some of these bands that I'm not familiar with dive into their back catalog and see who I want to go check out based upon the stuff that's on Google Play you know with the subscription to whatever you got and most bands I didn't have a chance to do that with that I hadn't already heard of with the exception of this Without Waves band I checked out two of their albums before I went on the cruise and both of them hit me really well I loved the technicality of the shit that they played there was a nice mixture of kind of hardcore screaming, but it was discernible and audible with clean vocals. There was some melody in there, but it wasn't so in your face, obviously melodic. You had to kind of listen to it several times to get it. And for whatever reason, the complexity of their music just made my brain happy and I had to go back and listen to it. Then when I go see them at the ice rink, I was like, fuck, these guys are really fucking good. Yes, they're awesome. Uh, I agree with the complexity of music. There was there's a lot of intricacy in their songs. And I was in, I was impressed by that. And that's another band again. I, I'm like I'm absolutely gonna have to check them out properly. You know, never heard them live. I'm listening right now. We're playing you the song "Poetry in Putrid Air" by Without Waves, without being one word. And I mean, I got back from the cruise, and that was I, if not the first one of the first bands I started listening to and I listened to their album Lunar their 2017 release three or four times through because it's just complex but it keeps you captivated when it's over you don't want it to be over outstanding I, I mean 
I said in the last segment, Ross the Boss is my number one most surprising because I didn't know anything about him. I hadn't heard a single song of his ever. So that was the most surprising. But the most impressive for me, based upon how little I knew, although expecting something, was Without Words. Those guys were uh, amazing. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were very good. I want to check them out, for sure. So then we did something I can't remember. It might have been the interview time here for the next couple of songs because we didn't get yeah. to see anybody until 1.45, which was Soin. And yeah. Soin was one of the bands I was most excited to check out when they released their names. I had already been a huge fan. I already had loved the song Words from one of their earlier albums. I had listened to a lot of their stuff, and they released a 2019 release that has my favorite song on them a song on it from them called Martyrs and they played that live and they did an unbelievable unbelievable job you didn't have as much prior exposure to them what did you think of that? no I thought they sounded really great uh, a lot of obviously very clean singing band uh, there are a lot of comparisons to Tool which I honestly made in my head there's a, there's a grinding bass kind of approach that they take that I think is what people were talking about but um, absolutely amazing voice from this singer and um they jam out, you know, but it's got a real, it's got a lot of smoothness about it, you know. It's, uh, I think it's, I think it's captivating, that, you know, how they, how they mix the intense, at times, riffs with that guy's smooth, cool voice. It's almost like Michael Ackerfeld when he's playing singing, you know, just like, you just, you just jump, right, jump right into it. It's, yeah, and for anybody who, for anybody who's unfamiliar with this band, it's S O E N, Soen. Yeah, so. And they are really a super group. Unbelievably talented, but a great, I think, kind of entryway into the metal genre. If you know somebody out there who likes rock but isn't really into metal yet, or they're they're open to new ideas but they're not really cool with the growling vocals, because this is pure clean singing done beautifully over really kind of heavy, weighty, sometimes jazzy but dark. Yeah, musical content, and the songs all have a have a, a very you know a, a gravity to them. I mean, they, you know, they feel impassioned. It's, it's pretty captivating. I, I really think that's that's a great band. Or is it great? Yeah, I, they they absolutely met my expectations, and then some. I was super super grateful to have the opportunity to see them, and then of course I saw them twice. Yeah. Um, after that was. Suffocation matched up with Orphan Land. I didn't make it to either of those sets. I don't remember what I was doing. I didn't either. We could ask Mark about what he thought about them. I've seen Orphan Land twice before on the Metal Cruise, and I actually saw them on their next uh, go-round, I think, here on day four. We'll get to them, but they're always excellent. Always excellent. Did you see Uh, Whiplash at 3.15? I know I saw Whiplash. I can't remember if I saw them that day or the last day. Or third day. I think it might have been now. Uh, I, I remember that. No, I think I saw them in Starland. But yeah. they, they, they sounded really good. I, I thought they were cool. Good thrash band. I thought they were, I thought they were pretty strong. So but then the, the next it. band we would have seen together would have been Haggard on the pool deck, right? Yeah, I saw Haggard, yep. Yeah. I was with Mark and Joey. What did and, you uh, think about those guys? Because these guys are one of my all-time favorite metal bands. Yeah, no doubt they're they're amazing. I thought uh, you know the mix of symphonic metal and classical music and, uh, and growling and just the epic themes. You know, 
went really well together. And me and Katie were actually lucky enough to get an interview with the lead singer. So that was awesome. But he was cool. Um, and, and take us there, man. Remember, we're on the pool deck. Nobody listening has seen them. They got a lot more than just a guitarist, a drummer, and a bassist. Oh, my God, yeah. There's a, they have a whole orchestra, basically. And, uh, like, literally. And uh, it was impressive. I mean, I mean, there's a flute player, there's a couple violins, there's a cello. I mean, it's just fun. And he, the lead singer himself, is busy son of a bitch up there. I mean, he's just, he's, he's growling, he's playing, well, I guess, lead guitar. He has like a little acoustic guitar set up, so he runs over to it, you know, just play it while he's still holding the other guitar, and then it's singing, and then he'll run back. It's just it's a great show live, man, watching it work like that. And then Incredible. they have a great, great, uh, sorry, but a great uh, female singer. It was just nailing notes and she's headbanging too at the same time. It was, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, if I can remember correctly, from left to right, it was guitarist, drummer, lead guitarist, cellist, violinist, 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 flautist, pianist, opera singer, bassist. And that's like their light, that's like their orchestra light. That's when they travel light. <laughs> right, right. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're just a cool, I guess you call them power metal, you know, probably, with some harsh vocals. Uh, but, and that's would, totally underselling it, because they're classical music oh mixed God, in with metal. Anybody who hasn't heard it is probably going to be astounded. I, I genuinely believe that if you, if you booked this band in an opera and you told the audience that it was not metal, you just told them it's going to be a, an electric opera and it's about... You know, if they played the whole Epper Suimuav album, it's about uh, the trials and tribulations of Galileo Galilei, and we want you to just take it in. I think pe- people in their 60s would be raving about how beautiful it was. Yeah, and uh, Epic is thrown around a lot, but it truly is epic. So, uh, it is awesome. But that's, guys, you have to check it out. If you haven't checked them out, you are. If you liked, like, Encipherum or Winter Sun or something, you would do it like this guy's a lot. I think. Yeah. Yep, and the only thing negative I'll say about their first set is there was some sound issue on the yeah. top pool deck. There were a couple of songs where you can tell the lead singer is a perfectionist, rightfully so, and they did have to pause the, um, the flow of the songs just to get everything right because the sound was off. And, you know, I think his, his comments were, when you take all the time to get all this right and get all these people in line and, you know, travel all this way, they're coming from fucking Germany, you know, yeah, you want to get it right. Yeah, no doubt. So no dis- no uh, you know frustration there. I was like, listen, man, do your thing. We want to hear it perfect, and they're yeah, doing yeah. it live. We want to give you the show that you know you came for. Exactly. All right. So then we go from the pool deck, and I am about eighty-five percent positive this is where we saw the faceless was in the Star Lounge, and uh-huh. they were crushing it. If I remember correctly, I thought they were pretty cool. They reminded me of, um, like, I feel like in my head they're like a little bit like Einherger in that they just kick a lot of ass and they, were, they had a lot of intensity. And I guess, I feel like they must have been harsh, but man, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm a little blurred on them, even though I'm pretty sure I went with you. But I feel like you could do them way more justice than I could. So you should. Yeah, so the, the Faceless is the American band, I want to say it's from Texas. I didn't get a ton of time to dive into their stuff because, again, that late releases from 70,000 tons. Usually, for those listening who haven't traveled on this cruise, they announce the bands with a solid three months before you leave. You basically know everybody who's coming by, you know, end of October or beginning of November. And this year, they were releasing bands like two days, quite literally two days before we left. 
So it made it much more challenging to dive into the back catalog. But the Faceless, I did have a little bit of past experience with. I know they had some lineup changes. They had a really strong start to their career, a couple of huge, huge albums. Uh, I think Autotheism was kind of widely regarded as an amazing album. Um, but they've had a couple of lineup changes and a lot of different, you know, kind of stops and starts in the career, which is somewhat typical for bands. But when we saw them in the Star Lounge, they were heavy as hell. They had a good crowd, good vibe, good energy. I really liked them. I have so many other bands that kind of punch me in the face of like, God, I got to check these guys out more that unfortunately Faceless has kind of taken a lower part of that list. But I didn't leave the... There have been other acts on 70,000 Tons of Metal that I have seen in the past, and I have said when I left, those guys were just not ready for prime time. It sounded shitty, and I did not feel that way at all about the Faceless. They had a good live presence. I just wish I had known some of the songs better to yeah, be totally. more of a participant and less of an observer. I get that. So we go from Faceless yeah. to somebody that I was real familiar with and had seen twice before, and I think somebody that you had just, just kind of come across for the first time. You want to take this one? Uh, the next band that I remember after that was Karak Angel. Is that what you're talking yep. about? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, pretty impressive, I thought. Uh, intense stage presence from that lead singer. I mean, he was just the salutes and the marching he could do and just constantly engaging the crowd. Uh, pretty brutal. Uh, it's good black metal. It's proper black, you know. Good shrieking, uh, if you want to you want to call it that but uh i thought some really uh just some wild sets I, you know I, the songs were intense as fuck and uh i, I was just pretty captivated by the and especially that lead singer man that guy is that guy puts on a hell of a show you really gotta check that out because um just <laughs> it's just it's a spectacle to watch that guy jump around and i don't know i was, I was pretty damn into it unbelievable Classic energy satanism right unbelievable energy you got the white and black face paint all over these guys i think they're dutch Symphonic. I, I said to you going into it, isn't it strange? Watch when we walk in. There's, there's not going to be a bassist on the stage. Right, the it's bassist, just a yeah. keyboardist, guitarist, drummer, and the lead singer. And I, I am 100% a metal observer. I play drums. I've played in a rock band. Play drums. I played church music and played drums. So I'm definitely not qualified as a quote-unquote musician. I'm very much a novice musician. But as an observer, I'm an expert. I've seen probably a hundred metal shows or more at this point in my life. And one of the things that I kept noticing on this cruise, and I don't know why it hit me, but the bands that have lead singers that are not encumbered by a guitar or a bass guitar or some other instrument are so free to just pump the shit out of the crowd. Like, they just can conduct themselves in such ways that it gets you excited and, and I think this guy was maybe most of all the epitome of that would you agree yeah I'd, I'd probably say he, he was up there with the most engaging uh, yeah it might have been the most although there were some great ones but yeah he absolutely I was that's the first thing that jumps out of you when you watch him it's just man this guy is just just makes you want to bang your head you, know, you want to get the whip you know for, for my money it's him or Travis from cattle decapitation just yeah, that's both of those guys because they don't—they're not holding any instruments. They're just going fucking ape shit up there, and it's amazing. I, I mean, I love watching it as much as I love hearing it. Yeah, Cattle was great. Um, but yeah, so that's a great—that's a great black metal band. You absolutely have to check them out. Absolutely have to. 
I am 99% sure at this point, so it's now 6.45 at night. We have been up since probably 10.30 or 11. It's now 6.45 at night. I'm 99% sure we went to dinner. We all hung that, out. That's what it is, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, and then, and then we saw Candlemass yeah. up on the pool deck. Yeah, and you, uh, you told me about them and kept telling me to check them out, and I was so glad that I did, man, because uh, they just had a nice, classic Doom metal kind of sound. I guess they're pretty much Doom, right? And, uh, yeah, 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 I think they're basically... If they're they, not they Doom, were, nobody's Doom. What's that? <laughs> yeah. There were several riffs that I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta check out whatever song that came from. Um, but... Just a captivating, awesome, classic band. You could tell they've done this before. I mean, they handled themselves so well. You know, just um, experts. You know, just pros. And I, I was, I was, I was loving it. When their first album is called Epicus Doomicus Metallicus, <laughs> you know right. you're going to be in good hands for a doom band. Right? Is that a spell? Wizard spell? Or? Yeah. Right. And and it was cool because their lead singer joined them for the first time since their first album, which was you know, 30 years ago. So yeah. they reunited, they released an album in 19, which was awesome. If you don't know Candlemass' uh, 2019 album, The Door to Doom, it's great. I really enjoyed it. It's, a twi- it's the 12th studio album by Candlemass. So they've been around a long time, put on wow. a hell of a show on that top deck. And let me take a look here. Was this... No, okay, you saw Haggard uh, during the day, first set of the of the daylight hours upstairs on the pool deck. This would have been Candlemass, I think, was the first in the dark sky uh, star line, kind of, in the evening. What did you think yeah. of that venue? Being upstairs in the uh, yeah. underneath the stars. That was pretty cool. I thought um, I thought it was wild to be up there, you know. Uh, get some fresh air, look over at the ocean, just listen to a band. It's kind of surreal in a way, you know. Just this collision of things you don't, you know, you don't normally experience at the same time. You know, some serene, like serene ocean and a, and a yeah, metal. But uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was up there. It's so cool up there. Little bars, pools, hot tubs. I mean, it's just everyone's jamming out. It's a great environment. It's a great scene. So, uh, and I don't know if any mosh can occur up there or not. I would, I'd be a little afraid to mosh up there. But I know crowd surfing did. So that was pretty cool. Uh, well, well, we'll get to that later because there was definitely some moshing. For when people listen to our next episode for a band I saw up there that you were not with me for. But the, speaking of moshing, that's a great seg because from Candlemass we went down at now uh, 8.45, we went down to go see Cattle Decapitation in Star Lounge. And if memory serves, we got to interview Cattle Decapitation earlier in the day. I probably skipped over this. I want to yeah. say it was between... Sowen and Haggard at around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we got to interview the fellows from Cattle Decapitation, which was an amazing interview. Go listen to our interview in the podcast about uh, that opportunity. Those yep. guys are fucking awesome. I mean, anyway, I said Seg is moshing because I want to take. I want you to take it from here. This was the pit we went to in the Star Lounge, and we really just basically moshed I don't know basically we were in the pit from the beginning of the show to the end tell us your experiences I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about this one because this was one of my favorite sets yeah uh, might have been my favorite show to be in like (laughs) physically I guess because 
Um, absolutely, it was just a banger uh, of a pick. You get your ass kicked a lot. I mean, it's I love a, I love a good pick because I love when you try to leave and then they just won't let you. They pu- push you back into it. And you're like, all right, fine, I'll keep going. And um, you keep. Trying. I got knocked on my ass properly once and almost again. I knocked a guy over, you know. Uh, and I believe that's the I first threw time. You, I threw you yeah. into a guy that you knocked over. Yeah, that's right. I got. I think you and Jason. And uh, you and Jason gave, gave me a good launch. I love it, man. It was just It was just so much fantastic. And I, if I, I remember that being the first time I crowd surfed. I surfed at that show. And then I also saw a guy get crowd surfed and he punched the ceiling and left all his dents in the, in the wall. And this guy was screaming to me. That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> He's probably right. But um, but it was just yeah, it was such a great day. I mean, I I generally am kind of a nonchalant, non-confrontational guy. When you're in that that zone, you just gotta go for it. Ball to the ball. You know, don't go, don't act like an asshole. Don't take it all personal. Don't punch them. You know, just run into somebody and get, you know, hug each other after. Exactly. It's a great opportunity, great experience to see what it's like to be in a metal pit versus a rock and roll pit. Rock pits get sloppy if it's a drunk asshole and want to actually fight. Metal pits are brotherly love, man. People smash you as hard as they possibly can, but if you fall down, they'll help you up in a second. And when the song's That's over... Yeah. Right. That's something I remember. If you legitimately fell, like when I fell, they all help you right back up. Yeah. It's like a, whoa, whoa, make sure it's okay. And then, they, of course, they push you right back in. So they're like, all right, so get back in there. One of my top three favorite sets of the whole cruise. I I moshed the entire entire show. I broke my toe, my fourth oh, yeah, yeah. left left toe on my left foot is all fucking bruised up twenty minutes. Then I got kneed in the nutsack as hard as a person could get me. It was like you know when Super Mario <laughs> jumps up to hit a coin block and his yeah, knee burn? raises? <laughs> Somebody hit me in the nuts that hard with their knee. Did that little coin sound come out when he hit you in the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> My jaw drops and it goes bring. <laughs> so, I, you know, and it's one of those things where when you're in a catalytic application pit, it's so fucking loud. Nobody can hear anything you're saying. So I just ran around in the pits screaming, I took it in the nuts. That was in the nuts. <laughs> So that was, was so good. It was so fun, just you know, slamming people. Then I go crowd surfing, and the lead singer Travis sees me crowd surfing, and he points to me, and he gives me a high five while I'm crowd surfing. He reaches out really? to the crowd to give me a big, absolutely, because awesome. I was still wearing the same gear that I had on from when we interviewed them earlier. Right, so yeah, yeah, you recognize it. Gives me a big That's ass high five as I come across the crowd surfing, dropping down into the safety rail there with the, the bouncers, and kudos to those guys, by the way. Much love to the bouncers and help everybody cross the rail. Oh, but, uh, heroes. Total heroes. Yep. So then they throw me over the rail, the crowd does. I, I high-five Travis on the way by, man, and I come run right back into the pits. We start going sloppy again. And this is one of my favorite experiences of the whole cruise. One of the things we keep talking about is how great the other And when we were at Candlemas, just before Catholic Capitation, I was taking a crap in the men's room in the upstairs I'm waiting online for like a long time to get in there. I finally get in there to take a dump. I, I come out. There's another guy, French guy. They're obviously French with the accent. Awesome, like, must, little tiny pencil thin mustache and a little goatee. So stereotypical French. I love this guy. I hope he's listening. 
He had a shirt on where Jesus was peeking around the corner of a wall, and it just says, what would Jesus do? And just the way that Jesus is looking at you is so hilarious. It's just obviously this guy's So I don't know him from anybody. We're both out there washing our hands at the at the sink in the, in the bathroom. And he, he looks at me because you can tell. You know when somebody's got something to say that they just can't keep in no matter what's happening, they're going to tell you. Like it just, it's leaking out of their body. Right. He looks at me and he goes, this floor is pretty wet. It must be gross to be in here without shoes or flip-flops like that guy. And he points <laughs> at a guy's bare feet underneath the stall door because some guy's shitting in his bare feet. <laughs> and this, that is and pretty this, gnarly, man. And this guy is so bothered by it. He cannot contain himself. He has to tell a perfect stranger. And the beauty of this, and the reason I'm bringing it up now in the cattle decapitation set is because he was moshing with us the entire set yeah i gotta give it to that guy he was in there the whole time and he helped me crowd surf when i got the the high five from travis and i love it so much because he was bothered by a guy shitting in bare feet but not bothered by basically sweating having a little bit of blood smells like somebody you know maybe had a little bit of urine getting punched out when they're in the pits like that's not a sanitary environment when no, I had the, beer all over my shorts and like, I don't, even, I don't think it was mine. D- definitely. I mean, it's just yeah. whatever happens, happens in there. And by the way, kudos to the one chick that was in there. There was a chick in that pit for basically yeah, the entire set. There. Kudos to you, white shirt chick lady. If you're listening to this banger, did a nice job in there. And this guy with the French guy with the Jesus shirt, fucking hilarious. So the set ends. I go up to him and I go, bro, that shit you said in the bathroom up there was hilarious. And he goes, I know it's so gross, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is gross by the way he's right but um that's awesome that guy was hilarious man just a great pit of love that's all you can say man just a pit of love and cattle decapitation killed it show wise uh absolutely absolutely brutal everything you'd ever expect from a cattle decapitation show they played bring back the plague which is a, a great song. i'm cueing that up right now dude i fucking love that song their new album is great Anybody who's shitting on it is an idiot. If you if you listen to it for a decent amount of time and let it sit with you, some of this shit is just so catchy, but so heavy at the same time. I love this this new album. Yeah, everybody else. Uh, but love it. So that was one of my favorites. That's a top five show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, top three for me. Okay. So from cattle decapitation, I don't know if you and I split off because I'm looking at my guide here. I don't think I went to another show. I don't think I we saw Venom, but I don't know if it was that day. I didn't see Venom on the pool then, so no, it was not. I did not see Venom. Here. Okay, I'm no. Almost, I'm almost positive we went down to Playmakers and uh, either shot some pool or played mini basketball. Or, we played basketball a lot. Yeah, might have been that. And then some air hockey, you know, some just goofing around shit. Right, and then we definitely saw Winter Sun. That's the next one. Though. That's that's the one. Yeah. That was my pinnacle of my experience. My number one set of the entire pool. Start and I'll finish out. That was absolutely a once in a lifetime treat seeing Winter Sun play what they played. Go on, what they played. They played um, the most classic albums you're ever going to hear. And I was so I was so happy that I got to hear Star Child and Death and Healing and Sadness and Hate uh, live, man. I never ever thought that would happen ever. 
You know what I mean? Dude. It's like one of those things where you're like, is this real? Same, bro. They played the entire Winter Sun album. An album yep. that has yep. like, basically yep. transformed my life. An album that I think you introduced me to when we were probably you know, Did 14. Did I introduce wow. Yeah, man. And it was wow. like, I owe you a debt of gratitude for showing me that album. I've definitely listened to it at a, at a minimum 100 times since that time. Probably 300. And they played on the pool deck under the stars their only set of all of 2020. They're not touring, they're not playing anywhere else live. They were only on this boat. And they played the first three tracks in a row, the opener, second, and third tracks from uh, the self-titled album. So when they played track three, Sleeping Stars, I was like, fuck, yes, it's my favorite song on here. I'm going to crowd surf. And I was in my Yoshi suit. You were, so, yeah, you were. We got we to gotta post that to Facebook. He's me uh, crowd surfing right underneath uh, the lead singer's arms. He's standing out, stretched, singing. You can see him kind of over the over the. That was yeah, that's true. Oh man, no doubt. So he Absolutely. plays Sleeping Stars. I'm going ape shit. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, man, well, if they played the first three, maybe they're gonna play the rest of this thing. Right. You know, who knows? Then the very next song comes on, and he says, "Hey, would you guys mind if we just played the whole Winter Sun album? And we're all ate a whole like, crowd." Music. Would we mind? <laughs> yeah. We'll be mine. I'll tip you later, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a treat, man. I truly can't believe that happened. I mean, I was, I was blown away. Blown away. And it, and it sounded great live. It sounded absolutely perfect. Not, never, not a single hiccup in their game. It was absolutely what you, what you want to hear. I mean, I, I, I fucking love it. That's got to be up there for the best shows, no doubt. Yeah, and that was my number one of the trip, man. Number one of the trip. When they played Sleeping Stars, I mean, you got Star Child on here, Beautiful Death, Sadness and Hate, Death and Healing, Battle Against Time, Winter Madness, Beyond the Dark Sun. Every fucking song on here is amazing. If you don't yeah. know Winter Sun's self-titled album, Winter Sun, just please go Yeah, it's a self-titled. Um, and for whatever reason, the next show I remember seeing after that is Omnium Gathering. What about you? That's the next one I remember, too. And in fact, I was kind of bummed because I missed the world's biggest heavy metal pillow fight at 115. I know, yeah, I missed that. And I don't know but what I, I was doing. I, I don't know either. I, I'm like, what are these gaps? We must have been uh, playmakers again. I mean, I think Scott gets some beers. We got some did. pizza. Yeah. Pizza, yeah, we yeah, got a lot of pizza. And I um, think after Winter Sun, too, I was just so like... The Windjammer opened back up or something? Maybe. The Windjammer is the food buffet that's open over real late in the night. But when I was so just... I love this card game called New Phone Who Dis, and there's a card that says, Jeepers, fam, I'm shook. And that was me after the Winter Sun set. I was just like, right. did that just fucking happen? That I got to see this whole set live, the whole album, from top to bottom? But I will say that Omnium Gatherum was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I saw them a couple of years back, and they played actually my favorite song of theirs from their Ray Evans album called Skyline. They, they were pretty damn brutal, and there was a lot of energy and a lot of melody. And uh, I was definitely feeling that that band. I was impressed, man. They're, they had a couple riffs in there that jumped right out at me, and I was just like, "All right, here we go." And, catchy uh, as shit, man. Some of the riffs are yeah. catchy, like amorphous style catchy. Right. I was like, "Wow, this is legit." Uh, so that's another another band that, again, you know, I'm gonna say that a lot, but I was like, "Gotta check them out more." Got to, and I haven't yet, so I will. Man. Yeah, it's only a matter of time because they're they're and I think you'll get hooked on them. They have a couple songs on every album where you're saying, "Damn, it's awesome." Yeah, 
So we saw Omnium, always a standout classic, but then, you know, really I think the way the night ended, we went to the next one, which was a 245 down on the ice range, which was either round. And, dude, just fucking great band, man. Their, their first song, I will admit, they had some sound issues. We couldn't really hear Donnie on the guitar. And then... Oh, was, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was trying to run up to the stage and try to like, get their attention and say, hey, you know, I can't fucking hear your guitars, turn your guitars. But then it was either Heinrich or, or Donnie switched the switch on their amp, and it all it all fixed, and it all you know, made itself yeah, right. Yeah, they are so damn good live. Oh, my God. They got, they got, there are several riffs that you're just like, oh, I, it, I love that shit so much. And they were, they were awesome, awesome live band, man. And we were lucky enough, me and Katie, and maybe their second set, that we were able to go uh, up front and get some really cool pictures that we posted on Facebook. So definitely check those out. Yeah, man. If you don't know anything about Aether Realm, A-E-T-H-E-R-R-E-A-L-M, get your shit together. Go check those guys out. Jake plays the bass. Great energy, though. Like I said earlier, when you're kind of strapped down with a guitar, it's a little bit different from what you can and can't do. It's just a pure lead singer. But Jake does a fucking hell of a job with having the bass on him to still right. be super engaging everybody's into it uh, guy's got glorious hairs you know throwing it all around it your fucking face yeah so uh, I, I had absolutely no complaints about that um, you know from the interview uh, their their drummer was inspired by Opeth's drummer who is Martin Lopez now the drummer for Soen and he you know the, the, the drumming is incredible on their album Tarot the drumming live was outstanding. I mean, they're just there's no other way to describe it than you can tell they've played a lot of fucking shows. They knew right. how to do it. Yep, no, no doubt about it. That, yeah, that uh, again one of the and that was one of the best shows uh, for me as well. Yep, no doubt about and, it. Uh, I think I went to bed after that though because that was about three in the morning. Three thirty. Thirty that they yep. stopped. So a reasonable time to call it quits. Although if you really want to go ham, you can because more more bands played after that which blows my mind they literally started they kept playing music till 5.45 yep and, and and we should give a shout out to Ghost Ship Octavius who was playing at 2.45 to 3.30 opposite Aether Realm that's a great band too I didn't get a chance to see them this time around I saw them two I've or three years ago yeah. yeah very good very good power metal band check them out weren't able to go see them because Aether Realm was opposite them and I had seen uh, Ghost Ship before but go check out Ghost Ship Octavius but Aether Realm was just incredible. What a great way to end the night. Then, of course, oh, yeah. Abo Aborted went on at 3.30, then Incantation at 4.15, and then Striker at 5. So, God bless you weary souls who stayed up that late to go see those guys. I wanted to see Incantation. Did. I know, man. It's amazing how packed those shows were. Aether Realm's show at 2.45 was packed. It was, yes. And it's like, you want to go take a nap, but then the problem is, like, well, if I take a nap, I'll miss fucking, you know, it's a little You know what I mean? It's like, fuck. You gotta kind of sacrifice to see him catch him in the next round, but exactly, exactly right. But at this point, we're at the end of day two. It's been two long ass days, but great in every way. Were you, you know, kind of thinking, uh, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna make it through these two days, or were you excited? How were you feeling? You know, I never really got that vibe. I was kind of, or that feeling. I mean, I, I, I was pretty into everything that was happening, so I didn't really have any concern over my ability to. Going. Um, I just knew I knew I had to get to bed. I'd have to, I need at least seven hours, or I'm like trash the next day. So, but I um, 
don't know, whatever. I just, I, it wasn't really a problem for me. I, I, I was having such a good time that didn't have a problem going. You know, I felt I'm with you, brother. I'm energized. with you. I had an amazing time. We had so much fun, so many laughs. And then the first two days were in the books, and all I was thinking was, man, we got two more days of this. I cannot wait to be checking yep. out some more of these bands over the next two days. But that was, in, in, as far as my, I've been on for five years now, as I said before, five years, I'll go every year that they'll allow me to go. And this was by far my favorite day of the of that cruise because I was with all you guys. Hell of course. Got to interview A the Realm, got to interview Cattle Decapitation, go to their shows. I mean, that was a really, really special day. Very, a lot of fun and just a really cool opportunity. So... A big, big thanks to 70K for hooking us up with those media passes. and um, I know. It was so accommodating, too. Yep. And the graciousness of the bands, too. Unbelievable. So we have a couple more interviews that we'll mention on days three and day four that we did. And a ton more metal and some fun shenanigans and shit, too. So make sure, if you haven't already, go to the 70,000 Tons of Website, 70,000 Tons of Metal website or their Facebook page, and like them, follow them, subscribe to their stuff. Because you always Definitely. want to get updates, and if you've been on the fence about going or not, I can't imagine you'd be on the fence any longer. No, you should do it. I was on the fence for a while, and uh, I went, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Thanks to somebody's arm twisting over here, I made your yeah. life better forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can blow me later about it. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, out. Phil, anything else you want to say about day one, day two? No, just that it was a blast, and, um, uh, you know, it's hard to pick a day, but those two days are a great introduction, or a great, uh, good half for, you know, for the whole cruise. I absolutely couldn't have gone any better, so. All right, so on the next episode, we'll round out days three and day four, and then put a ribbon on the whole thing, and say sayonara, because we're now back to our regularly scheduled programming of everyday life, and it blows in comparison to being on that boat. Yeah, yeah, life is terrible. all right all right man until next time this is the great heavy music podcast with alex and phil subscribe download like us follow us on all the social media stuff and go out and check out all these amazing bands that we got the opportunity to see until next time definitely